What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a conversation with Joshua T. Berglun. And I'm, I'm, it's excited, the word. It's, I'm excited, Carl, to have you back. But I'm also like biting my nails nervous because the last time we spoke, you were on this whole other planet that I had never even heard of before. <laughs> and the things that you were talking about were just blowing my mind. And it wasn't that I didn't believe you. It was just that it was just so far over my head, so much of it. But I loved the conversation. I loved your heart behind it. And I'm glad the connection that we made afterwards was so special that I just I adore you as a human. And I'm so glad that you're here. But since that last broadcast, I may not be on the same planet you're on, but my planet is really close to yours now because I've been going through some kind of awakening that has been really profound. I don't even know how to quantify it. I don't know how to talk about it yet, but I just want you to know that I really appreciate people like yourself that have these really big ideas, ways of believing, ways of thinking, because it, even if I didn't believe it or never believed it or anything else, there's something about that way of being that challenges people like me that make me better and it either makes me stronger in my beliefs or helps me learn new things. So for that, I'm grateful and also just grateful for the man you are. I'm grateful that you're here today. And before we get into this amazing conversation, Carl, can you tell us what are you grateful for today and why? Joshua, I'm great that you grateful that you the world's mayor and that you're on the same planet than me and that there's a potential that you'll come and share the pilgrimage to Kashmir in the northern part of India. So I'm just grateful that to be here today. That is, that's one of the things I want to talk to you about because this pilgrimage to India, I, I ever since I can remember, I've been drawn to the people of India. India and Africa are like the two places Never been there, but when I meet people from Africa and I meet people from India, it's almost like I feel like I've known them my whole life. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, it, there's a comfort level where I feel like I belong there almost more than I do in the United States. Can't explain it, but that's how it's been. So you've got a pilgrimage coming up to India. You're also, one of the discussions that we had before was about Jesus in India. So I don't know if these two things tie together or not, but let's start with you telling us about what's going on in India and why this pilgrimage is happening. Okay, is it possible to share the screen? It also, yes. Is it possible that I can just give, as per the introduction, just reasons why I believe I'm the world's number one whistleblower? Not from an ego perspective, but from a CV point of view, so that your viewers can have a little bit of understanding where I'm coming from when we discuss our topic today, why the ICF, the International Coaching Federation in the US, have got it wrong, in my view. Okay, let me share the screen. So, why do I believe I'm the number one whistleblower in the world? So, this is one of my websites, and this is the pilgrimage. So, I wrote a book called The Universe Code, Seven Years. And that is really, last time we spoke, we discussed items in that. And yes, there's a little documentary, 20 minutes long, that I chat. It's all videos and photos. 
why Jesus was in India and why I believe he, he, when he was crucified, he didn't die on the cross. The Quran clearly says he didn't die and another document called the Talmud Dr. Mani. But the trip, the pilgrimage to India is about going to Moses' shrine in Kashmir, believe it or not, and to shrines of Jesus and Solomon. So I won't go any further than that, but it's very, very interesting. And here's a little chat. So this is all on my site, onesouls.co. And a chat with my taxi driver when I went in 2017, where we went to the sites. I believe Kashmir, which is on the northern tip of India, is the start of world peace. Because all five main religions that make up 80% of humanity has been there. So this is massive whistleblowing on a massive scale. But it's all, I'm a Christian, and it's all, I'm from Africa, South Africa, victorious Africa, the heart of apartheid. And it's all for a good reason. It's not trying to just be a whistleblower. Secondly, my site, info. let's live longer now, and my book, The Housespring Code. So I set out here under why diseases take place. It's all about pH in the body and the Prol score. And I'm doing a lot of work. I'm doing work on this is my main mission now. And this is massive world supply. Kids don't need to be in hospitals. It's a complete fallacy other than accidents. But it's hard because to cut up the food that we're not supposed to eat and what we're supposed to eat is very difficult. I can't really go into it because then we go into a massive discussion. International celebration dyslexia. I'm dyslexic. Dyslexia turns out to be a huge gift. We use the right side of the brain. Sally Sayworth in the States have proven that. So Albert Einstein, Richard Branson, Muhammad Ali, they all struggled in school. All dyslexic have got one thing in common, they struggle in school, but they have, they use the right side of the brain. So we have a gift. Yes, 90% of society that use the left side of the brain also have got a gift, and that's the sequential side. So that's the left side is good for the educational system. The right side is rubbish for the education system. But a gen and yang. So that's number three why I believe I'm whistleblower. And just our interest sake, this is where I've made huge inroads. Other people as well. But I believe I'm the first person that discovered the link of the right brain. Because it, Sally Sayworth have proven it, but then they made dyslexic people sequential. They get them over a year to go left side brain. And I saw it from a different perspective. But yeah, over the last 10, 11 years since I've been busy, I can see real progress. Sophisticated fraud in the construction industry. I used to be a Qantas surveyor, accountant in the building industry in the UK. And I exposed two massive fraud projects. One, 50 million. I went to the client and the consultancy I worked for, top three consultancy in the world, lost their job. And I told them in advance how to fix it, but they didn't. And they wanted me to be the senior corner surveyor to write the checks, the certificates. Any case, and then the second project, 75 million, and it was actually MOD, Ministry of Defense Project in the UK. And it was an American project, American taxpayers' money. The RAF Lake and Heath, it's the F-35 fighter there. And there, I just walked off the site and said, I didn't make a massive deal out of it. But massive whistleblowing, once again. Then I did a little mini, 12 minute documentaries, Creative This Is God. This is the biggest contribution I've 
created. And this all comes into the coaching discussion you're going to have. I sat at an event by a guy called Johnny Martini. I'll discuss it now. Three days planning my life in January 2012, a called Master Planning for Life. And spiritually, and John has got, Johnny Martini has got 2,100 questions in the seven areas of life. So say 300 questions per area of life. And spiritually, five missions came through. And the main one was to uncover the mystery of the universe and they are to tell the world. And let's come back to the coaching because in coaching, they want you to understand what your mission is, your goal is. Yeah, I couldn't even understand it. I didn't even know what it meant. We've covered the mystery universe and they are to tell the world. But I have 100% definitive of purpose that I could do it. I just knew it at that point, but I didn't understand the question. In any case, this is the result, a 10 minute clip Creator versus God. I discuss what's greater, what is God, and I know in time all this will be proven scientifically. Jesus, India, we discussed out of interest, the reason why you have affinity to India and Africa is because you've pre you've incarnated there before. That's what, that's the reason why reincarnation was taken out of both the old, taken out of both the Old and New Testament for scholars for power purposes. Human energy feels, yeah, I dream. How we connect to the spirit world. It's all scientific. Yes, I dream. Einstein says imagination is more important than knowledge. So I dreamt there. We discussed dyslexia. We discussed health. It's all about minerals, our dry minerals. And this is what I'm working on now, study. Why don't we stop buying Chinese products? I love the Chinese people. I don't like the communists. Did you know that more people are being persecuted in China than the whole of America? More than 330 million people. So I discussed that. How to protect your child from pedophilia. Unfortunately, I had pedophilia people after my kids. So I've learned from experience and I discuss it there. Climate change. I'm a massive climate change junkie. I don't even have a car. Y yes, if I had needed a car, I would use it. I have an electric car, but... I went to COP26 in Glasgow, 2021. Addiction, I did a little diploma on addiction in 2021. Obviously, that is where you'll know a lot more than I do and a fascinating topic. There, I found that the in addiction that the, the Vietnam study was the most important for me. Out of the 95%, sorry, out of the... In the Vietnam soldiers that came back to the U.S. after Vietnam and that were addicted, whatever they were addicted to, 95% kicked their habit within a two-year period. The most important fact for me in addiction that I found out on this diploma. So it showed that in the 60s, 70s, the U.S. people came back from Vietnam and kick the addition. Then, those times you had 10,000 drug-related deaths, overdoses per year, on a population of 200 million. Now it's a population of 330 million, yeah, and you've got 100,000 overdoses per year. So where's the U.S. gone wrong? Now, I believe in all in the U.S., leader of the free world, but where has the U.S. gone wrong? That the Vietnams could soldiers could go back to America to kick the habit and now you know where it is but in any case the moon oaks did you know that Anton von Braun 
that was in charge of the V2 for, with Hitler, V2 rockets, that he killed five Jews per day in front of the tunnel. And he became one of the leaders of NASA for the Apollo mission. So that is the reasons for why I believe I'm the world's foremost whistleblower, as I say, not from an egotistic point of view. And I just wanted to give that little bit of background before we get into the topic of coaching and mentoring. Any comment before we go into? There's a lot to dissect everything from China to the discussion on pedophiles to there, there was 15 different broadcasts in what you just showed. And again, and I, because I, you're the guest here, I want to discuss the coaching and mentorship the way that you're wanting to, but those other subjects, boy, there's a lot there. There's a lot of meat, especially with China in regards to what's happening there, organ harvesting, the type of slavery that happens there. Of course, this is going on internationally. So we have a world our world leaders, right now we have something that looks like World War III is about to happen. I don't believe it is, but it looks like that. And you have people taking sides. You've got NATO, which has just continued Hitler's mission. And then you have Russia and China that are partnered up and maybe the BRICS nations. And you have what they're doing. And there's, I see what's happening. A lot of people are starting to look at Russia as maybe the ones that are going to save us from World War III. But people don't understand what happens there, too. Some people do. But China's not the good guys in this either. Like a, a Collectively, our leaders all over the world don't have our best interest as global citizens, as humans. They don't have our best interest at heart at all. In the last three years, it's proven. And what's happening now is even more, but anyway, I, even the pedophilia conversation, because I work with sex offenders, juvenile sex offenders and adult sex offenders, and I've gotten to know a lot about that world. There was a discussion there. So we'll have to have you come back to get in those subjects because we could spend hours on each of them. So we'll do that another time, but let's talk about coaching. What is it that you're wanting? Because the last time we talked, we were like, seriously, on other planets having a really amazing, mind-expanding conversation. Why talk about coaching and mentorship? What's going on with that? Okay, I used to have five missions. I've accomplished some, some now already, like the creative as God. So currently I've got three missions. Mission one is the pilgrimage that we discussed. Mission two is I'm doing a study where I'm growing carrots and lettuce and I want to bring veg growing into the homes, or outside homes in will grow boxes yeah. that increase the four main alkaline minerals in food, potassium, calcium, magnesium, and sodium. And I'm bringing a US structure water device that just pushes water over balls and then energizes the water. It's like water coming off cobblestones and energizes it. And I'm, but I'm doing something special there uh, that I believe I'm going to get uh, Patency rights for potentially. So I'm working on that now. But it's all about increasing the four main ultra minerals and let people eat it fresh on, on the go. So that's my second mission. And then my third mission is on Fridays, I'm not coaching and mentoring people for free, anyone, word of mouth. I have a little Twitter feed I sent you. I home in on dyslexia because I'm dyslexic. 
autistics. I've now coached the autistic guy very successfully and I've learned a lot and then ADHD. So why this chat now? Because yes, I'm a whistleblower. I need to whistleblow that I did the diploma yesterday at a fantastic college here in Ireland called Kingstown College. And that unfortunately they and ICF, International Coaching Federation, are making mistakes. So can I go in? And so that's the reason. It's my third mission. And so I'm promoting, I'm first going to go into why I believe the ICA, ICF is doing it wrong. And then in why I believe I'm the world's top number top coach. Again, I'm not doing it from an ego perspective, but there's reasons why I'm going to give why I believe one coach. So hopefully someone that's one of your viewers would, would take up the opportunity and let me coach them. I think it's interesting that you're giving away something that a lot of people try to charge a lot of money for. And I'm, and this has been an issue for me. I, I say an issue. It's interesting. My issues in this world contradict my heart's desire, meaning I, I would prefer to give away all of my services too because of the people I feel led to help. They, don't, they couldn't afford what I do and teach by charging. But at the same time, my heart's to give it. I'm passionate about it. I love teaching. I love seeing the light bulb go off for people. So I normally don't have coaches on because I don't want to help someone out so they can go get a coach, get more coaching clients. Now, this, what you're doing, interests me because again, I know your knowledge. I know how smart you are. You're one of the most intelligent people I've ever met in my life. Yet you're going to give away your intellectual property. I think that's special. So I'm, you have me intrigued, man. Yeah, I just want to say I'm certainly not the most intelligent person, but I've got the gift of dyslexia. I've always known as a child, I can see things that other people cannot. And the more you go up, dyslexia is very low on the autism spectrum. And the more you go up in the autism spectrum, Asperger's, the more gifted you are. But the more in yin and yang, you've got the negative, that you struggle in society. So yes, let's, can I share again? Please. Okay. So here's the International Coaching Federation. And I'm doing this from changing for the goods, whistleblowing. This is not, this is all about trying to get the ICF to change. So you will notice here that in this, they haven't got the word mentorship. So I'm going to come on to that later on. The main thing is that, so there's two things that's problematic in the coaching world and the diploma I did last year is the quality of the question and the and mentorship. So I had two mentors and this is one of the reasons why I believe I'm the foremost coach now because I took their work I made it less is more, which is a Kabbalistic secret. That's where less is more comes from. And I've turbocharged it. So yeah, is one of my mentors, Keith Cunningham. He's Keith from Cunningham? Awesome. You know him? 
Are you talking about the pastor, Keith Cunningham? No, he's not a pastor. So this is Keith. Oh, no, I know you're this guy. He's my mentor's mentor. I know who this is. Okay. Now, if I wow. say he's my mentor, what I mean is I went to a three-day program of these. I read his book, Keys to the Vault. He's now written another one. I met, he was at an event here in Dublin, Ireland, and I went to his three-day event in Austin, Texas in 2012 called Flying Solo. You can look at his events now. He's not doing that. After the, I did that event, he stopped doing it. He now teaches people a four-day MBA. But Keith's an amazing guy. He lost it all. He first made a lot of money through cable TV, cables, not cable TV, but fiber off the cable, bring it into arms. And then he sold it with his partner. And then in the 80s, he went into property in Texas. And Texas, for some reason, in the United States, in the 80s, properties just fell and he lost it all. And then he woke up and said, how am I going to make it again? And he now teaches people how to keep their money. Amazing, amazing guy. Now, he, and then I did a little negotiation course, an online negotiation course with him as well. So that's why I call him my mentor because he had a huge influence. It's not that he's currently my mentor. In fact, if you want him to be your mentor, it's big money. I'm not the, I wasn't in that league. Now, Keith, the most amazing thing that Keith said, and I only really realized that later on, is how important it is, the quality of the question. He says, it's now thinking time. Get the question right, and then you can get the answer. So this is the one of the two reasons why the coaching world is getting wrong. What they do is um, in the coaching world, they try to teach everyone in a diploma on coaching or mentoring to be a coach. So in the coaching world, you've got about 21 models. The GROW is one of the famous ones. G, goal, R, reality, O, options, W, what will you do? And then you go through that as a coach. Now, the first problem there, which is not really part of this, is that the first one so John Whitmore came up with a grow is G, your goal. When I came up with my mission, I can cover the mystery universe, I didn't even know what it meant. So there's an issue there already. But they then teach you brilliantly on this course, which is the course I did is recognized by the ICF, International Coaching Federation. The models is like 21, but really they should only be teaching four or five. But they never teach you the quality of the questions. What happened is when I had to do right to the end of my diploma, I had to do a 30-minute coaching session with someone. So at that stage, I paid for my course. I did my dissertation, my coursework. I did everything through the whole thing. And then I used a certain method that they said, Carl, you have to redo it. And I knew they had going to ask me to redo it. And I was willing to redo it, but then they made a mistake. They then sent me a video and said, Carl, in your next 30 minutes, follow this, because we need to be audited by the ICF. 
And they gave me a video that they gave before of one of their senior coaches coaching one of the guy in the Kingstown College. And this guy was writing a book. So the senior guy was coaching this guy writing a book. And after that, you know, I looked at it again. I had to go back to the guy and said, I'm not going to do it. I don't want your diploma anymore. I don't need it because I'm going to do free coaching, etc." Now, why did... So this senior coach, highly trained coach, he knows all the different tools, the different methods. Why did I say he didn't ask... He didn't... It wasn't quality because he didn't ask one quality question. And how did I know it? Because I self-published three books. I wrote and self-published three books and I did a Hayes House course on how to self-publish and write books. And I know he didn't ask one quality question. And this is the big problem. Coaches should be taught, and it's hard to do this, how to ask quality questions. And this is where Keith Cunningham comes in. It's, you have to ask, you have to quit the question. So in the 30 minutes, they just want you to, someone gives you a goal, I call it mission, and then you have to coach them within 30 minutes. It doesn't work that way. You need to, in advance, know what your client wants so you can research it. In my case, because I've got a lot of property experience and a certain experience, maybe in publishing books and maybe others, I'll say, yes, I'm the right coach for you. The guy that taught me, amazing guy, he is a chef the guy from Kingston College, my lecturer, and he's a IT guy. So if the question was more linked to IT or chef, I say no, go to Andy with it. If the question is about property, in quantity surveying, in surveying, which is really a Commonwealth thing, there's 14 different surveying professions. So how can you coach, mentor someone if you don't understand the question, you can't understand the question if you don't understand the topic. And this is the biggest mistake that the coaching world makes, or the two, is that they just teach anyone, any Tom, Dick and Harry, to use these methods and coach people. So what people are getting is they're getting a substandard coaching. Well, it's, they want to it's not even tailored to what the student needs it's a formula it's a it's like going off of a script it's like you might as well talk to a telemarketer the way some of these coaches work they use say the grow methods they take people through the grow method which is perfect which is fantastic so half of it is fantastic but you can know the grow method as example how to take a client through that which is brilliant but if you cannot ask the question, so the whole thing is to get your client to answer the questions themselves. So you pose the question and your client then answers it. So that's perfect. So I believe if you want to be a proper coach mentor, half should be coaching and half should be mentoring. But even if, and we're going to come on to the mentoring side now, but even if you're talking about the just the coaching side, they're just getting in with Tom, Dick, and Harry to coach. And if you don't 
know the quality of the question he's coming up. The person cannot come up with the answer. So that's critical to for viewers to understand. If you have a coach that cannot even get to the question, the correct question, then you've had it. And so the coaching world, and certainly the ICF, in my view, it's all my view, is doing the world, people, clients, because everyone that being coaches called the client, a massive disfavor. Okay, should we go, any comment before we go on to mentorship? No, I just, I'm not, no, because I don't, the whole topic of coaches is something that I don't care for. I know a lot of coaches, I wouldn't work with any of them, and they're all very expensive coaches. So this is, it's just one of those subjects that I have zero interest in because at this point, it's like talking about preachers and I don't have a need for any of that either. And that's just a personal thing. Just because I, it's interesting with job time and what people do. I've gotten to this place in my life that I don't really give a crap what someone does. I want to know who they are as a person and then and get to know what they know as a human, their intellectual property, what they grew up, how what they understand, how they see the world. Because coaches like preachers usually coach or preach based off of what they've been taught and that source of information if it's not true it's work. you're just spreading a lie or you're spreading more myths truths or half truths and i got no interest in that and the other thing with coaching i'm not interested in someone that went and got taught on how to coach and these are the basic fundamentals and this is what you do and this is the box you stick in and blah 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 because I don't believe the world works that way. And I also believe that these old ways of doing things, these old methods, these sales techniques, all of these other programs and crap that people you see all over social media, the ads for, commercials for, even the motivational speaking and inspirational speaking world. Like I don't have any interest in that because I've been in that world. I've seen how effed up it is. It doesn't really make any sense and it's not really tailored to someone's needs. It's like, you fit into this box, you do this. So what if you don't like it? Just do it because this works. This method works. I believe as of here recently that we are going into a new world with new rules and a new way of doing things. And I really think it all starts from the heart. It all comes from the heart. It comes from listening. It comes from understanding. And I believe it's called in coaching. The mentoring that we give is meant to be given for free like you're doing because the world is different now. The even the inner, the, I don't even know what, I don't really fully understand all that we're going into right now with the fourth industrial revolution and this new world that we're heading into. I don't know what is all going to be different, but I know fundamentally or at my core as a human being, I want to vomit when I hear the word coach. I want to vomit when I hear the word preacher. I want to, in anything that's of this old way of doing things, this old system, I want nothing to do with. Because the system has done nothing but produce more slaves. Even the coaching field is produced more slaves. Because the guys that are teaching the coaching, hey, take my program, join my team. Basically joining that team to keep propping up the guy at the top. I have no interest in any of that stuff. Because I believe that we're here to be what we were created to be 
And I believe that is not something you put into a box. So I'm ready to move on from this subject. And that's why. But we can talk about mentorship because, again, the way that you're going about it, I think, is the right way because you're, it's just being a human being. And it's part of what we're supposed to do as other human beings. Our gifts and our talents, we're to give to other people. Yeah, so we discussed the quality question on mentorship. I believe it's 50-50. And in my coaching, and I'm going to show coaching and mentoring, I'll show how I split it 50-50. And on the mentorship, in the course I did, they, I saw mentorship as a dirty word. They didn't say it, but it was portrayed that way. And mentorship is hugely powerful. Coaching is powerful where the client comes up with their answer, but mentorships, and if you're a proper mentor and you've got the certain knowledge, is powerful. So the ICF, let me just share here again, they, as you see, they haven't got the word mentorship anywhere. At least the IMCC, European Mentoring Coach Council, has got mentorship. They will be a better one to link in. Okay, so let's, I just want to go on to why I believe I'm the one number one coach. My second mentor, John Dimitin. So John had a huge influence on me because I went to a three-day event of his in January 2011, 2012 in Houston, Texas. And for three days, you plan your life with master planning for life. And I've part of what I'm going to explain now is I've taken his work and made it completely less and small. And again, like he's one of the top life coaches in the world, in my view. So, what's my coaching about? Life coaching for those that want to excel, they want beyond what they think they are capable of. My definition, because this was what you've been taught in coaching, that you come up with a definition, the act of finding what you were born to do by answering 70 powerful questions within seven areas of life then once you have your goal mission, I call it mission, that inspire you from within to give you the tools you need to fulfill your mission. So this is the seminaries of life. It's the wheel of life. It's one of the main tools in coaching the world. So as I mentioned before, Johnny Martini and his Masters of Planning for Life had 2,100 questions, say roughly, and say roughly per area of life, he had about 300 questions. So 300 plus 7 is not one. What I've take done, I took five of these questions per area of life. And then I was taught at the College of Psychic Studies in London to speak to the creator. So I then asked the spirit world for five questions. Very simple questions. So now, per area of life, I know I have the most powerful 10 questions, very simple questions, it can be per area of life. So that's why another reason why I believe I'm the top coach because I've got the questions. Now, what I do is people click on this link, which I know you're going to share under this chat, my link, lightsurface.info slash lifecoach. Then they click on it, the, and then I have our session, three quarters of an hour to an hour session. I just explain about this wheel. And I show them the 70 questions per area of life. So after 10 questions, they then 
and they answer this afterwards. So after our chat, I email this to them, the 70 questions. They answer it in their own time, at home or wherever they are. And that's powerful coaching because I'm not even in the room. So from a coaching point of view, they answering these questions. So that's the 50% of the quality questions. And what this does, and I've coached now, I only finished my diploma in last year, and I've now coached 10 people, and it's mind-boggling stuff. Because what happens is, when people answer these 10 questions, they then score that area of life out of 10. They give it a score, say out of 10. When they get to spiritual, maybe nine out of 10, et cetera, et cetera. Then when they get to the end, I ask them to come up with three missions. And what then happens is, oh yes, I must say, I say to people, think big. Think from the universe down onto earth. Because the problem is most people think small and then they achieve small. If you think big, you can see things other people cannot see, the questions. So that's the first thing. So you've got to be bold and really think truly what you want to do. And then you start with small steps. That's another key. So people then come up missions that even shock me. And it's really what they were incarnated to do. And this happened to me at John DiMatteis' event. These things just came spiritually through. You're in the room and it's a spiritual experience. And then they come with missions. Then I, then they click again. After they've answered it in their own time, they, then we have an hour session. I, look at, I don't look at the answers. I only look at their score out of 10 per seven years of life, the wheel of life. And then I look at their missions. I don't change in the mission that I speak to the creator and maybe just make it shorter or sometimes just rank it a little differently. And then what I do for the rest of the hour, I then give people, I say things like, keep your existing job. It's so important for me, but now I moved away from what I did before. But I kept my job and I did things after hours, weekends, holidays. Because once, once something is your missions, it's your hobby. It will achieve amazingly more a lot. But if you can't keep your existing job to create cash flow, you mentioned this before, you cannot achieve anything. And I teach them a lot of other things. I'll share three things. And then uh, at the end, I give them three tools. But before getting to the tools, the three tools, any comments perhaps? No. I no, I gotta be honest with you, man. This is not interesting to me. And I'm not for some reason, I'm just not feeling this. I feel you as a human being and I love what you're about. But I don't know if it's just the place that I'm at mentally right now, but this is not this doesn't excite me. It doesn't stimulate conversation because I have such a disdain for programs and all that. And maybe that's part of my problem. I'm just being real with you. I, I have, I'm seeing this and I'm hearing it and it's no different than any other thing that I've ever come across when it comes to do with another program. And it just, I, it doesn't get me excited. And I am very unable to fake enthusiasm. And I'm not interested in this at all. 
I'm interested in you, the way you think, your mission. But when it comes to these little specific details and painting the picture and proving why you're the foremost whistleblower, because like your definition of whistleblower and mine, I think are different. Because I think of whistleblowing as exposing the wickedness and the evil that's underlying of the world. And we're showing and we're proving fraud and we're proving the criminality. Like I, whistleblower has a different meaning to me. And then when it comes to coaching steps and processes and all of that, I'm not intellectual like that. I'm a, in, in that sense. So that's not something that captivates me. What captivates me is how you're going about changing the world. Your deep core mission and what you're about, that's what captivates me. That's why I adore you. But this part is my brain is not wired to enjoy any of it. Just not. Well, this is, I see on your website, it's all about the truth. This is all what I'm about. And I'm so glad you so open about it. And that's what makes you so special as, as well. Or a and jerk. I'm not even trying to be a jerk. No, no, not at all. All I want to say in answer to that is, if I didn't have Keith Cunningham and John Dimitini to wake me up, coming from Pretoria, South Africa, and all the social pressures against you, and coming with these missions, and then having the tools that I'm going to discuss now, the three tools, I would never have achieved what we're discussing today. Sure. And that's the reason why I actually gave the whistleblowing items is to say to people, these are the things I achieved because I could come with missions. I could sit in that event with Johnny Mattini and I could come with these missions and then I, I could then do them and I had certain things, how to tools, how to put them into action, which, and now I perfected it in the less is more way and that's what I'm trying to say. So I, saying the opposite to you on this, we are on the same wavelength when it comes to the truth and yeah. all the things that you discussed before, 100%. So it's not that we're not on the same wavelength. Yeah, absolutely but, not. Absolutely. But from achieving what I've achieved, whistleblowing, whatever you want to call it, if I didn't have those two mentors and... I wouldn't have been having this discussion with you today. And uh, so I'm saying thank you to Keith Cunningham and Johnny Mantini. And it costs a lot of money to go to their events. And I research other people as well. It's not them, but they the two main guys. And I'm just giving a formula for free to, to make people fly. So can I go into the tools? Yeah, Sorry, I, want before. To do that. I want to say something else, though. I want to ask you about this because... In our last conversation, you really helped me understand the significance of a true connection to the creator of all. And one of the things that I've learned in my journey since we last spoke, and I think it's probably, I don't know if it's been a year or six months or what, but one of the things that has changed is that I've started to understand that part of this journey that we're all on is a journey of unlearning other people's crap to get back to the true wisdom that we had inside of us when we were born. And so 
the reason I have this attitude towards coaches and all and preachers and other stuff is that I know in deep inside that they're regurgitating other people's stuff, other people's knowledge, other people's wisdom that doesn't really apply to who we really are. And I believe that the only way that we get that true wisdom and true knowledge is from within and unlearning all the crap. So I don't take other people's stuff or other people's knowledge and wisdom to heart like I used to. Now it's like I'm hit or miss with it. And where it may apply, it may not, but I I just leave it, I just leave it. But I don't let it stick around long enough because I don't want it to have a... I don't want to make I don't want it to make an impression inside of my brain when it doesn't belong there. Cuz I only want to know what's true that is absolutely true and so on. And cuz I don't believe for a second like just listening to some of these different things, I don't see how that applies to some people. And the some people I'm talking about are the people that have been shunned from society, the people that have been the, the outcast and the misfits, the people that don't want to follow a guideline and a set of rules and a set of steps and a set of worksheets and a set of this and a set of that. Instead, they just want to be led by the spirit and just go do it. And that may not be a recipe for success, but that seems to be true and pure to me. And in a world where we don't know what we can trust and who we can trust. The only thing for me right now is what's coming from inside that I know I can trust. So I'm interested to know what this next step is, but I want you to understand where I'm coming from with all of this and why I'm being resistant towards some of the, this conversation. Yeah. The thing is, I agree with everything you've said there now. So you, the I wrote three things down. I'll start with the last one. You said the spirit, you know, what and what's within. This is why these 70 questions are so powerful because you answer them in your own time and then spiritually these seven missions come out. So although you disagree with me, it all the I believe that this is the answer to it. The other thing you mentioned is you don't want to follow other people's things. This is exactly it. This is where I could come up with these whistleblowing. I didn't want. I didn't set out to write whistleblowing books. I didn't, in fact, I didn't even set out to write books. I just wanted to go for the truth. Yeah. But because I was a clean slate, and this links to what you said, because I had no preconceived ideas, I knew nothing about religion. Okay, I sat in the Dutch Reformed Church for an hour at Sunday school on a Sunday, and an hour in the church, and I suppose my dyslexic brain said to me. This, nothing makes sense because unfortunately <laughs> the Bible, 80, Old and New Testament is 80% correct, but it's the 20% that scholars have changed. And this comes back to your precepts and so on. We don't need anything between us and the Creator. Amen. When you pray to the Creator or when the Creator's light speaks to you, when you meditate, you can have one-way traffic. You don't need something in between. So I agree actually with everything you say. And then the last point I just wrote here, I wrote down Bernie Sanders. I don't want to get into politics now, but he was in London and they interviewed him. And he says the biggest problem with the, he said there's nine media outfits in the US, obviously the CNNs and the Foxes of this world. 
And he says the problem with them is they don't ask the right questions. It comes back to the question. I actually go a step further, is they don't want to ask the difficult questions. They know what questions to ask. So if you talk about moon landing, they, those seven media actors will never go there. It's too, it's for their audience, for the people, their sponsors, they just will never go for that. So everything you said there, apart from that, I still believe that this, this method of the 70 questions is a complete breakthrough. And I've taken what's done to me and simplified it. Can I go into the three tools? Be very brief, brief, yeah. So once people have, let me just see what is the name. Oh yes, it's a document. So once people have come with their missions in the second chat, our chat, so I've only got two one hour Zoom chats and I'm finished. It's less is more, it's in and out. Turbocharge. I give people 50 affirmations that I used and I still use. I don't say to people, and really inspiring quotations from Mahatma Gandhi, Winston Churchill, Nelson Mandela, you can see all of them, Albert Einstein, etc., etc. And then I say to people, pick from this list, or they can add their own, pick from this list three sentences. So what you do is you put your three missions, you write them down, and you make them as short as possible. And then you add seven affirmations and you can pick them from this list or you can bring in your own and you add them. So you have 10 affirmations. Three is your missions and seven affirmations. So you put in a affirmations that's con congruent with you. And this is the biggest trick you can ever find. Ask and you receive. The Bible says it. If you don't ask, the creator and universe will not send it to you. You have to ask. And affirmations is asking. I say, I have the courage to be authentic. And it just, you put these things in your mindset and you just become authentic. You know, there's, and what these affirmations do is there's so many pressures, especially from your family. Most of my friends disappeared. They're on Facebook, they're on LinkedIn, they are stuff like that. They just disappeared. And my family couldn't disappear. And they've taken years and years now to start and slowly come with. And if you haven't got affirmations, and if you've got big missions, you will never make it, in my view. That's my personal view. So that is number tool number one. Any comment before we get to tool number two? I know you don't agree with this, but... No, I believe affirmations, mantras are extremely powerful because for me, I remember having a relapse, <clears throat> a pretty bad meth relapse, about three years into my rehabilitation period of my life. It's been about four years ago. And one of the things that I struggled with most were the voices in my head and the things that they would say to me. Those affirmations and saying them out loud to counter the noise in my head are the absolute way that I learned to make that damn voice shut up or those voices shut up. And so now when they creep up, I just smack it away as quickly as possible because I still get the voices, but I just know how to deal with them. Affirmations, 
are absolutely what helped me break out of that. It took a lot. It took probably three months solid. And it got goofy because I'd be at the gym and all of a sudden I would have this attack of all of these voices in my head and I'd be saying them out loud, like a mantra that I made up, saying it out loud over and over again until it went away. And sometimes somebody would be walking behind me as I was saying it and I look like an idiot, but it didn't matter because it was a matter of not to be dramatic, but essentially life and death for me. So I absolutely believe in affirmations. I think they're powerful. I don't think they're what some people make them out to be, but they're absolutely powerful. Yeah. You know what I thought, and maybe I did it on our previous chat, I don't know. When I look at you, I think of Johnny Cash. The most powerful movie I've ever seen is Walk Online by Johnny Cash. I just think of you. I think of people sitting in prisons listening to you now and, and the power that can have. Okay, let's get to the second one, the tool I give people. And that is, what is that? Oh, yes. That is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. So you, you wrote a book, what I say to my clients. So I say to my clients, affirmations, 10 affirmations, including their three missions for the rest of their life, Monday to Friday, just once. You don't have to say it loud if you're in a bus, but if you're at home, say it loud. So it's very simple. 10 things once a, five, five, once a day for five days a week for the rest of your life. Then I say, think, go reach the movie once a year. I do it in the January. And then you listen. So he's got the book, I think, has got 17 or 18 chapters, but his movie has got introduction and 13 chapters. So I say, listen to the introduction, which is like each chapter is about seven minutes long, one per day. So introduction plus 13 chapters, 14. So you can do it over like Monday to Friday over three weeks. And then the next year again. Don't take any notes. Let everything your subconscious mind just absorb what he says. And the first three is important. I've actually got it here in my little diary. So the introduction and one is exactly the same. It's definitive of purpose. It's like when I had that first mission of covering the universe, I had total definitive purpose. If you can get in your mission, what most people could go, whether you come to my coaching or mentoring or not. If you can know something you want to do, and you're sitting in the prison there and you're looking at, this is what I want to do. And what you, no doubt, happened to you as well, Joshua, and you have that definitive purpose, nothing can stop you. Then his chapter two is the mastermind principle. Whatever you do, get other people to come in with your missions. So in my three missions, I've got other powerful people, mostly everyday people, everyday people that powerful in their own sense, that the universe pushed me through synchronicity, through the affirmations. You ask these affirmations, ask the universe, and you start meeting people. It's like magic. So it's the mastermind principle. Number three, going the extra mile. So doing things perfect. Look at your you, your hosting is the best. I haven't seen anyone that's got your visuals and the way you do it and everything. It, go the extra mile. And then the last one, applied faith. If you have got total faith, huge influence on the second or thinking about reach point of point. I have never read the book. I've watched a lot of the videos on it. And 
for me, so you, I appreciate the compliment. And I told you before we started the broadcast, I, this has been my dream since I was a kid, but it's obvious, it's bigger. But when I first started, of course, technology, the advances of technology are what made this possible for me. Facebook Live, when it first came out, I'm like, wait a second, I can turn this into a, I can pretend this is a TV show because it was what I wanted to do. It was I didn't have everything I wanted. I didn't have everything that in my mind I thought I needed to be able to do. But one thing I've learned on this journey is that I believe God, the creator, the universe, when it comes to our visions and our dreams and the things that we're passionate about and those in making all of that come to reality, to come true. I believe that we have to show that we're a good steward and we're willing to do the best we can with what we have. And so for the production and other things like that, look, I don't have a budget to do. I don't have a budget to hire a team. I don't have a budget to even put all this together in a really professional way. Like my green screen is freaking out on me because I don't have the lighting just right. I'm not a lighting expert, but I'm still trying because I'm giving the visual, the impression, even the way that I dress is just to say, okay, universe, okay, God, okay, the all, the creator, I'm serious about this. I want my dream to come true. But even my dream for what I want to do for people all over the world and the youth media literacy centers and the people that I'm called to serve and the people that I want to help. Like, it, I know that it would make me more believable if I had the big production because of what I'm able to offer for people. At the same time, I don't have certain advantages that other people have. That said, this is part of my journey. This is part of my humble beginnings. And mind you, this has been a seven-year journey, and I thought I would have made it by now. And I keep getting setbacks and kicked off social media and other things. But that said, the one thing I've learned through all of these failures and falling back and not being where I want to be yet and struggling in all the areas that I'm struggling, the one thing I know is this. There is something absolutely beautiful about getting to pursue your dreams because that opportunity alone, it separates you from everything that's comfortable, everything that feels normal, everything that's safe, and so on. But I believe in what I'm doing, so I'm going to do it to the best of my ability to show God that when I am blessed financially, when I'm finally able to do it, I'm not going to take it for granted. I'm one of those people, so a little, you don't, I don't know if you know about this, about me or not, but I grew up with money. I even made a I made a bunch of money. I made a bunch of money a couple different times and lost it all because I was an idiot and in my addiction and everything else. So this time around, I've learned some very painful and powerful lessons. But ultimately, what I get to, what fuels me every day is the opportunity that I get to go for it. All those desires in my heart, all those dreams and visions in my head, I don't believe that's God mocking me. I believe that's him showing me. That's his promise to me or her promise to me or whatever. I don't know if God has a gender or not. I, it just, it doesn't matter. Like I believe that is God showing us that this is what's possible for us. Everyone's dreams and visions. So I've ch chosen to take that personally and take it to heart and just move forward as if it's gonna happen. 
even though I'm not where I want to be, even though it's not, I'm not successful yet, even though I'm not all these things that I feel like I really need to be to accomplish my mission, I'm actually just really grateful that I even get the opportunity to go for it now. But I also know, and I believe with all my heart, it's important to do things to the best of our ability. Dress the part. Even if you don't have it, people say fake it till you make it. Screw that noise. I'm not faking it. I really believe that I'm going to do all these things. I believe it's my destiny. So I'm going to act it to the best of my ability. All the green screen, all the stuff that I have all came from a thrift store. It's all secondhand or donated or whatever. Because I, I believe that God's going to equip. I believe that God equips us along the way with everything we need for that day to do the thing he called us to do. So I'm just acting it out. I appreciate the compliment, but I got to tell you, man, I'm nowhere even, I'm nowhere near where I want to be in what I see, but I'm still going to push forward till I get there. Yeah, I just want to say, I've read your book and your film, your great film. And so just one thing for viewers, believe in the butterfly effect. So obviously this is something I mentor in my second coaching session is, Understand if you can change one person's mind, you can change two, two, four, four, sixteen, etc. The butterfly effect is hugely powerful, and I've seen in eleven years I've been going now, and only now, after eleven years, am I getting real traction. And just have your missions, whether you have it like you and your head, or get it via my coaching mentoring, and just keep going and know and do it in a less is more way. Know that every person you work with is the butterfly effect and you will get there. This is to know. Okay, are we on to the last and final point of our chat, my last third tour? Yes, sir. Okay, let me share the screen. Now this is the most controversial of the lot, I think. Kabbalah.com. So there, Kabbalah.com. So there's different Kabbalistic sects, churches, whatever you want to call it. But I bumped into Kabbalah.com. It just so happened I didn't know it at the stage. In fact, when I researched Kabbalah, I was actually working for a short period in Israel. And I was in Jerusalem in a hotel and I searched Kabbalah and this came up. And I started Kabbalah 1 in Jerusalem. So it's highly synchronistic. Asking you to receive, the unit, creating universe will send the right things to you. Now, this, so I'm not the Kabbalist where red armbands, I don't know if it's red, red or red or right. Sorry, yeah, red armband. Yeah, yeah. And however, if you truly want to make your missions a reality, in my view, there's the affirmations, there's think and grow rich. But this, if affirmations and thinker grow rich is there, Kabbalah.com is there. It's mind-blowing. Now, I went to two events in Warsaw. I say to people, don't go to any events. I read, I think, the Zohar, which is the source document. So the Zohar was communicated about 120 years after Christ with a guy called Shimon Barashai in Israel. And he was in cave. And it's the secrets of the Old Testament. And, and you need to, so I read the Zohar, I think 14 volumes. Every, or I bought them. I read all of them and online. 
Could be three years. I've been like an hour day. And I say, don't do it. You say, all you do for four months, go on to Kabbalah, which I'm going to show you now. Listen to two videos a day. If you can't do two, if it's only one video a day, do it for six months. And then find, it's like a needle in a haystack. Find the secrets of the Old Testament. Now, one of the Kabbalistic secrets is earning your own way. So you have to earn it. I know the Kabbalistic secrets, but you have to go and earn it yourself. And certainly most of my friends and family, when you talk Kabbalah.com, they think, where the hell are they going? It <laughs> is the most profound things. You know, at Kabbalist, at the two Warsaw events, they jump up and down. The men is in white, I think, the women in black, or maybe the other round, and they jump up and down, whatever. And you think, oh, what's going on? They forget about all of that. Go and get the secrets of Kabbalah, the secrets of the Old Testament, and you will have tools for the rest of your life that you cannot get anywhere else. It is the most profound thing. So what I'm saying to, me, to my clients, click on membership. Wow, that changes. There used to be three. There's a third one that's not here that you don't have to go for annual membership. You can go for monthly membership. You can just start again. Wow, that's weird. There's a, there's a, in any case, there's a membership that you can go for that costs a little more. I think it's $49.99, but it's monthly. So you can stop. It's a monthly membership and you can stop monthly. It's there. I don't know why it doesn't show that. So I say, do it for four months and you will be a changed person. There's a, yeah, the Kabbalah is very interesting. I've heard so many different theories, both good and bad and mystical. And I've heard that it's okay, but it's dangerous. Sounds like going to an ayahuasca ceremony sometimes. There's so much... There's a lot of opinions about it, but in like me sorting out through it, as far as is this right for me, I remember when I was going through a ministry training and one of, in the part of this ministry training was deliverance and prayer language and all the different things. And I remember how adamant they were about speaking out against the, the Kabbalah saying it was the serpent spirit and the girl, they even, the girl that I was seeing at the time, they told her that she had the serpent wrapped around her spine and didn't tell her that she had evil forces inside of her. And at that time, I'm like, I'm believing all this stuff because this is the ministry I'm being trained in. So I'm believing everything that they say. And then after that, years after, I've met more people that talk about it, that teach it, how they tie the Kabbalah, the Kabbalah practices into the same way of thinking that the Garden of Eden is the brain. And that it's not just a physical place that on land, but it's in our brain too. So I've heard so many different lectures and lessons about it. I've never actually taken the time to actually go learn it myself, but that's one of the things that I'm wanting to do because I want to understand it. Beginning one of the biggest mistakes we make as humans is everything's good or bad. Everything's good or evil. And I don't believe that it's as black and white as that. And I think a lot of the things that we call evil are really from lack of understanding. 
and lack of knowledge and just not really knowing what we're talking about. We're just regurgitating someone else's words and saying that. Or, hey, the Bible or the preacher said it's bad, so we're not going to do it. But we do that with so many things. Like our opinions on abortion, our opinions on, uh, you brought this up earlier, the global warming of the environment. So I'm glad to be removed from a lot of that infighting over this is bad, this is good, this is evil, this is of God, it's not of God, and just making those decisions between God and I without anyone else's opinion. So I'm interested in learning more about this. I'm actually going to check this out. Can I just say one final thing? I wasn't going to say it. Is I've already mentioned now, less is more comes from Kabbalah. I mentioned earning. So these are the secrets that I say people must find. In the needle and haystack, one find it. Now, I'm just going to mention one further one, just to finish for myself. Um, and that is, so on the Kabbalah, I showed you a photo there of actually Michael Burke. He's the, and his wife, Monica. Michael is the current leader of this Kabbalistic group, Kabbalah.com. But his father was Ralph Burke. I never met him, but I met his wife, Corin Burke, their parents. Corin has now passed away. But Rothberg, they asked him in one video, and this is, I say to people, just look at the videos, and do Kabbalah 1, 2, and 3. They asked him in one video, of all the Kabbalistic secrets, what is the most profound? So these things I mentioned to you is what I took out of Kabbalah. Nothing about Eden or things like that, whatever. So they asked him, what is the most important Kabbalistic secret? So that's what I remember he said, and he said, reject and it's so profound, you think, reject, reject. And what it is, so when the Creator first made the angels and then humans, and the first Creator was Lucifer, the Satan, and the Kabbalists call it the opposition. And in fact, it's better now. Because in yin and yang, if you, have, if you incarnate onto earth, you have to have the opposite. So what the opposition does, the devil, any negative thought that comes in your mind is the opposition, is the devil. So that's why Ralph Burke, the most important Kabbalistic secret, said, reject, reject. So if you're in life and this temptation comes, you've got to train your mind to reject. No one else can do it for you. Oh, I believe that. I like that. Carl, we'll have all your websites and other things in the show notes for people to follow along. Everything that you went over today will be in the show notes. But I'll give you the floor for your last words and feel free to plug and promote anything you feel led to. My last word is I hope to see you on the Poker Beach in August 2023. I, I it's it would be a dream. Let's pray it can become a reality. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I already have been doing that. As a matter of fact, Carl, I'm grateful for your time and thank you for not taking offense to my comments and my lack of interest in certain topics. But that said, you as a man, I'm so blessed to know you. I'm grateful for your friendship and, uh, and I always enjoy learning from you. So I'm going to check out this uh, Kabbalah website and uh, check out these other sites a little bit more in detail that you shared today, but so grateful for you, man. And I just wish nothing but blessings on your life. Thank you. Thank you.